Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast in lockdown. I think this is number four we've done. So uh, welcome, everyone. Hope you're coping uh, with uh, working from home. I know with us, it's been a very interesting experience uh, to get through. Uh, some positives and some negatives. I'm sure everyone's the same. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in the podcast. But this week, uh, joining me are our latest guest, Phil Collard. And Phil will introduce himself in uh, just a minute. And then we've got two of my colleagues. We've got Ben Pritchard, who I'm sure you've seen before, and Sarah Hall. Uh, again, she was on one of the uh, lockdown podcasts uh, a week or two ago. Uh, just for those who aren't so familiar, Sarah's our sort of communications lead uh, and is usually the director of these podcasts and the editor. Uh, and whilst we're in lockdown, she's coming on the calls as well and I'm sure we'll contribute as and when. Uh, just a quick note, you'll see I'm wearing my uh, gym gear. So uh, although we're recording this at lunchtime, I have uh, each morning during lockdown, I'm doing Joe Wicks live uh, calisthenics uh, with my wife and my son. My daughter refuses to do it. But anyway, that's, ah. quite, that's quite a good way of uh, getting... Uh, um, getting the brain cells working in the morning and I'm afraid I haven't changed since so I mean it is lunchtime Tim you've had plenty of time I've managed to shower and change since doing Joe Wicks this morning so <laughs> well you see I'm so fit that I do not perspire during the Joe Wicks but uh, I haven't I'm still wearing my shorts if anybody really can see that and I've got my latest my latest uh, um, trainers which are branded Invent Colours they arrived this morning now I was just talking to Sarah before we started. I call them Adidas. And what do you call them, Sarah? Adidas. Adidas. For everybody who okay. can't. I say, I say tomato. Sarah says. Tomato. That's it, right. Anyway, we there's a song about that. A, we could go on a bit of a tangent about people who don't sweat, but I think that might be inappropriate for a construction <laughs> podcast. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So the first question always to my guests, uh, well, welcome, Phil. We'll hear all about what you're up to uh, later. But what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, I have the same breakfast every day of my life, apart from Sunday. Uh, so today it's porridge, uh, blueberries, frozen blueberries. And uh, I have a, a sort of mix, a, a nut mix, which I sort of make up. OK, so well, that sounds important. very healthy. Very healthy. Try to be. Yeah. Come on, Sarah, what did you have this morning? Uh, this morning I had a big, huge cup of coffee, followed by a second cup of coffee, and then I made a smoothie with raspberries and protein powder and greens. Very healthy that, slash healthy. <laughs> so that's sort of, is that the one that comes out green? Yes, it's green. Yeah. The oh. one that I said looks like slush. Sludge. <laughs> it's an interesting color. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, similar to uh, Philip, I went the uh, porridge route, so yeah, porridge every morning, and I had uh, bananas and grapes uh, in mine. Oh, well, very good, you lot. And I had, well, my son made it this morning, uh, that's Sam. He did uh, a toasted muffin 
with an egg in it. So you sort of cut out a circle to dip. And then he puts the muffin in the frying pan and the egg in it. And, you know, it's tremendous. I had two of those with a double ketchup. Lovely. Anyway, now let's get on with the uh, podcast general after we've had the, that rather long introduction. Phil's uh, a friend of Invents, uh, and we've been uh, knocking around together for a couple of years. He, uh, he's got some very interesting ideas about uh, productivity and what, ha and what have you. And uh, today I'm really just going to hand over the bulk of the podcast to Ben, uh, who are going to, Ben and uh, Phil are going to have a sort of a, a, a discussion around productivity. I think mostly at the front end of uh, the business cycle, but uh, I'm all ears and looking forward to it. And uh, I'll do a bit of moderation if, People start going off too much of a tangent, keep us to time. But over to Ben. Well, it's probably worth, um, we haven't really given you an opportunity further to introduce yourself other than your uh, breakfast habits. So do you want to give um, give the audience a quick intro into uh, who you are and what you're about? Uh, thank you, Ben. Yes, I'm, I'm Philip Collard. Um, I'm a former management consultant that's become what I now can see uh, as a digital workplace pioneer. So I've gone through a, a sort of metamorphosis from over the last sort of 25 years. I'm 25 years, 30 years of uh, in the industry. And really, I'm very interested in seeing the changes that are happening and how to um, how to help improve those changes. That's really been my made focus over the last 25 years but now i've been uh, evangelically about uh, digitalization and i've been leading uh, the development of a, a startup called my console um, to take uh, this great opportunity this great uh, digital workplace uh, tools to uh, to a wider marketplace within the construction industry and one of the main reasons why you um uh, first uh, came up with uh, the the idea and the principles of my console was very focused around uh, improving productivity for the industry in, in many ways, wasn't it? It's all about how you can uh, trim the fat in, in a lot of what we do in that pre-construction, which uh, is often found in duplication of work. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. Well, <clears throat> this I think we're on a, a, a transitional journey, uh, and the industry is at a sort of inflection point of change. And and really, I, th I think um, most of the, the comments and commentary around this should be about trying to inform people's thinking. And what what I've what I've learned over the last sort of uh, six years of being involved in uh, digitalization is that um, we need to start thinking about um, the ways that we do things. Are they as productive or as efficient as 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 or could they be improved? And and we've all learned that. Uh, everything we do does improve using technology. So that's really the starting point. My, my background um, as a, a sort of management consultant was to help firms uh, undertake what I now call my analog uh, change programs, which was to traditionally do analytics on an organization, identify their strengths and weaknesses, and then roll out improvement programs and secure cultural you know, business or group-wide, corporate-wide uh, involvement and adoption. Now, and, and, and it's the same thing that we're doing now, but it's more in a, a digital uh, space. It's using the uh, digital environment, the digital workplace to leverage that change and to help people culturally adopt, uh, improve 
ways and mechanisms and approaches to their work. Um, but it, it starts really, we started in the space of uh, work winning and reconstruction, primarily because um, it's an area that uh, is, well, I think it hasn't been uh, focused on uh, too much in the past. Um, there's a huge amount of spend. I did some research with my previous company um, in this space at Reading University, Professor Will Hughes, I'm sure you know. Um, and we were finding that the average cost of a bid is around about £50,000. Something like being spent, uh, about 483 hours were spent on winning and, and 382 hours spent on losing. Now, that was a typical uh, cost of a bid and you sort of analyse that in terms of money. It's, it's a huge sum. When you times that with the percentage of uh, uh, sort of win rate people are spending uh, on average from this research that we did, we got £8 billion pounds worth of data in 2014 and analysed it in 2015, um, the average win rates of one in five. And, and this is quite scary because if we have um, a win rate of one in five and our average bid cost is £50,000, we're spending nearly uh, £3 million pounds to to win, uh, to, to win our, um, a, our turnover if we're a £100 million business. So it's, it's a large cost and, and really what we're trying to do is to suggest how can we be more efficient and that was the driving. I'm, so, I'm so sorry, we're going to have to stop at that thought and then go back because Tim's just gotten booted out. I'm back, I'm back. Oh, yeah. Sorry, okay. I, I, I suspect that was my... It's all right, we can I, I it, but if you can like go back to be so sure. I go back so okay I'll go back edit that back in yeah. okay so the um so we did some research with Reading University Professor Will Hughes and during that that was research we undertook in 2014 which was the start of my journey to to, to really understand how we can secure a significant productivity improvement and and we 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 very fortunate we, uh, together with construction excellence we we uh, secured something like uh, eight billion pounds worth of data and and some of the remarkable things that came out from that was the average uh, win rate for a contract was one in four for a consultant one in uh, sorry average win rate for a contractor is one in uh, five for a consultant one in four the average bid cost uh, across the uh, uh, across the piece is about £50,000. Now, I know smaller organisations will be spending a lot less, but the average for uh, large and small. Um, and then the uh, the average, uh, when you sort of analyse this, uh, you, you work out things like bid costs as a percentage of project value, and that came out to be 0.57%. So uh, to, to put some uh, uh, sort of meat on the bones in that, if you're a £100 million turnover contractor, um, you'll be, and you have a one in one win rate, uh, you'll be spending £570,000 to win your £100 million turnover. But because it's a one in five win rate, you're spending nearly 3%, 2.87 or uh, percent of your turnover on bidding alone. Now, that's a remarkably large sum of money. And if the whole idea of being efficient and how technology helps this is it identifies the bids that you can win and those that you can't win. And so you could put all that time that you've been spending on bids, which are uh, have a you know a, a, the, you, it's unlikely you're going to win, and put it on say the three that have the highest chance. You're going to win a one in three, if not even two in three. That's what we're seeing. 
Yeah, and in uh, such a sort of a low margin industry as especially sort of the the contracting side of things that the industry's at at the moment, if you can unlock an extra one or two percent of your turnover and invest it in, you know, innovation, R and D, and other things, other value adding um, uh, avenues, that then ultimately you'll just further improve your productivity, further improve your margins, and create a stronger. Uh, a stronger industry. I mean, when we um, generally talk about um, digitalization, digitalizing, and all these other sort of um, sometimes buzzwords, um, because rarely do people really sort of understand it. Um, I mean, uh, from my perspective, it often um, the the barriers are often more about the people than the technology. I mean, do you see that in, in the uptake of um, of your software and in the research you've done, Philip? Um, I, I tend to now position this is not a technology uh, technological issue. It actually is a cultural issue, mm -hmm. and it's about behaviours in organisations. Um, this genie is out of the bottle. Um, people uh, want to use uh, better productivity tools, and they oh, are using. And and it's better. Shall I stop? <laughs> no, just this might as well be in the podcast. <laughs> when you are working in lockdown with young children. I'll, uh, yeah, okay. I'll I'll start again. So I um so yeah, I I, I actually see this uh, not as a t technological um, issue. I see it as a cultural uh, change issue. I think the genie is out of the bottle in terms of um, that people ha are using a lot of uh, social uh, media uh, tools and technologies uh, themselves. And I think the other thing that's come out from this COVID-19 is that people are realizing they can be productive um, at working at home. And I think the driving point's going to be coming in the future is that people are going to say, well, why do I really need to go into work today when I, you know, I don't need to. And I mean, I, I wrote a blog on work is what I do, not, uh, not where I am. And I think that's a challenge we, you know, the leadership need to be sort of addressing is in seeing that by creating a digital or virtual digital environment for people to do all of their work, not just uh, as a place where people go, uh, you'll, the uh, productivity will be profound. I mean, it, I'm, I look at a lot of other industries and um, I'm led by everything that I'm doing in the construction industry has been completely informed by uh, what I've been learning and seeing in other industries and, and, and any in um, any in particular the uh, I mean we're often told as an industry to look at um, the automotive industry um, for learning and that's especially around um, sort of the the pre-manufactured process uh, and trying to you know take things off site he's off again um, Tim seems to be having some serious wi-fi issues today doesn't he should we just carry on and see how it goes um, uh, and aviation is another one. So those are the two that we're often told to to look at and try and be more like. Um, but that's very much from the technology side of things. Um, and is when you talk about other industries, do you see culturally other industries that are good fits for the industry and where we can learn from from them and, and bring some of that good stuff good stuff in? Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at practically every single industry out there, from uh, banking um, to Uber to um, to even firms like IKEA. I think everything's being, uh, in my thinking, is being very much informed by uh, researchers being undertaken 
and I'm I, what I've always been, and I've sort of when I did an MBA in 1990, which sort of dates me, I, I suddenly realized that all the tools and techniques other industries are using are applicable in our industry. And the same, I feel I'm at the same inflection point again, as I learn more from what's happening uh, in, in other industries. So, um, you know, it is about trying to create a, a community. Um, it's trying to create um, the ability for uh, our, our, uh, our people to talk and collaborate more and have access to information that they can uh, instantly use to be better informed and to make better decisions. And, and you know, people were very worried about uh, this, this impact of technology, and it, it, they shouldn't be because the information is really applied, uh, um, analyzed data, which assists us in the jobs and roles that we do. Um, the better solutions are giving us augmented um, insights. So not only are we then having to just to look and be assisted by the technology and what sort of recommendations, but the augmented actually is actually uh, positioning and, and, and removing tasks that we don't need to do because that's automatically happening. I can illustrate that through things like governance. We've, we've created a sort of a, a, an automated governance approach within uh, in the, uh, so workflow sequencing and workflow uh, and gateway close is, is automatically uh, organized across uh, uh, using RACI. Uh, and these sorts of um, these sorts of tools, augmented tools, are going to be incredibly efficient for, for organizations to adopt in the future. Everybody will be doing it. It's just at what point um, will, an, uh, will an industry or will a leadership team go, we need to just get on with this? Yeah, and um, you you mentioned is he off again? Um, uh, I'm here. Now. I'm here. <laughs> Sorry about uh, that. You, you mentioned sort of the 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 reluctance that the um, I mean not just our industry but society on the whole have had maybe with working from home um, before now, and how I think the realization that there's actually the technology there to to help support it change things, and it'll be interesting once we come out of this whether people continue to to see that um your know, potential productivity gains um you know we're not losing time traveling around we're not losing time um doing things that you don't necessarily need to be doing you can be very focused um when yeah. we work from home in a flexible manner as well you know there's no need for the traditional nine to five in many ways either is there you can be more flexible in your approach that can drive um healthier working environments and healthier happier people that drive productivity um, and again it's technology enabling this not technology causing it if that makes sense does that make sense uh, well no uh, well exactly i think the uh, leadership teams in when they're thinking about creating new digital environments for their their people to do the virtual work that they're they're doing um also need to be recognizing that People are uh, much much more fluid and uh, flexible, and and if if we're, if work is really the sum total of activities that we do, then actually um, having it so that you can work anywhere off your smartphone, um, and that's what what we, we designed is, you know, you can do all of your work. That's the point off off your smartphone. You can be in a queue at Sainsbury's. You could be waiting for your kid uh, to be seen by the doctor. It doesn't matter. As a as a task becomes available for you to do, you should be able to do it. So you know that that my mantra is work is what I do, not where I am. 
um, I think that should be the, the adoption. So it seamlessly, as, as people will be demanding this, at the moment, there's, it's, I suppose it's in two areas, at home or at work, but actually the, the environment you should be creating is uh, anywhere, anytime, 24-7, it doesn't matter where you are. And, and that information uh, should be just provided and go straight to you so you can do your activities uh, and be informed. And I think firms that do adopt uh, that mindset and do create those, uh, those environments will have a happier workplace, as you've said, um, because, you know, people can be, you know, doing things as they go about their work and, and leaders really need to be uh, thinking about the outcomes of what people do, not where they are. Well, and that is, uh, you know, we talk often, um, especially in um, sort of constructing excellence and the likes about this sort of outcome-led procurement, outcome-focused, how do you create value from what you do, not in what you do. It's all about that sort of that last bubble, isn't it? That's where the value is. It's not in the design and the construction. It's the what is the building doing, providing and encouraging and the sort of the externalities that that often creates that you don't realise that you're building into something. Um, by creating more flexible, smarter buildings, the ability to communicate, all these things. Um, but it is, like you say, a, a real mind sh mindset shift in leadership that's required. And, um, you know, it was, um, was it 2008? Um, Andrew said, never waste a good crisis. Um, a couple of times I've heard that being said. Yeah, well, but this is another crisis, which I think will be a massive inflection point. And I think... Um, we 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 will embrace great change. I'm seeing great um, uh, uh, sort of potential. Um, well, the problem we've got in our industry is there is um, when you talk about productivity, there are no real measures or metrics for people to assess how productive their current processes are. And and I think this is a, an opportunity for for organisations like Construction Excellence um, to create those that benchmarking capability because. Um, Firms are pushing back and people push back and say, well, actually, all the things you do in the cloud, Philip, all those things, I do anyway. So, But because they can't see the poor productivity and they have no reference point to that, why should they change? It, it, you know, I, I get I get why they would push that back. What we've no, done no, to respond to that. QS, um, I feel it's OK for me to criticise QSs, but, um, uh, you, you know, a lot of the benchmarks that we do use in the industry are, you know, cost per metre squared and things like that. You know, schools should not cost more than X metre squared. I mean, that's rubbish. Um, I mean, you're not taking it into the context of where, why, when, why and how. And is that really any value? Um, you, you know, it might be co cheapest cost, but it might be rubbish. So it's useless. We benchmark the wrong things. Bill also, here, smiling now. Well, no, yeah, you've got me onto a one of my favourites. <laughs> because because you're talking about you're talking about cost per square, whatever it is. But in reality, people know the price of things or the range of prices of things. But the actual cost of things isn't well understood. Uh, I'm talking about general construction. Um, so that's one point I'd make there. Just to come back, I know I, my uh, Wi-Fi failed for one, one reason or another. Uh, so maybe I missed this in the conversation. But there was this whole piece around the current crisis and that is forcing changes in the way people work. We've noticed it, obviously, not noticed it. We're experiencing it in our own business. But we are still 
delivering for our clients, uh, I would say probably more efficiently than before and more flexibly. So like we said right at the start, you know, I, I did a bit of work and then I did my little workout in the front room with uh, my family and then I've been doing this and then I've had my lunch. There's been no time wasted yet uh, travelling to work. There's been no time hanging around for people to turn up for a meeting because, you know, you might have to wait a minute or two for everyone to join a, uh, a podcast or a, a virtual meeting. But the, the downtime is much, it's massively less. It's massively less and the distractions are less. Now, there's some disadvantages as well. And we're seeing this with some of our clients. So certainly some of the other consulting type businesses, architects and engineers, <clears throat> appear to be still operating effectively without premises. They've, they've managed to change their processes and procedures such that the, I mean, particularly if you take architects where they used, usually have the week's critique, don't they, on a Friday morning where the senior partner tears to pieces the work that people have done during the week. That's just their process of doing it. It probably explains why, why they are the way they are. You can, you can do that this way, can't you? You can still do that remotely. Whether it is as good, you'd have to ask the architects. But we caveat this with, remember everyone, Tim's an engineer, so it's a very clouded view of uh, anyone who isn't an engineer. <laughs> Well, no, but I'm just saying that they have a unique process for getting to a good design. Not all, they don't all have the same one, but they, they have the yeah the weekly critique, and it's uh, those are still happening, but they're happening without so, being in the same room. So, so for me, um, I think what um, the digital environment will create um, is it's it is as I said, it's not about technology; it's about the culture, and that the point you're. I think you're uh, illustrating there is about trust and really it's when people are working at home or when people are working uh, anywhere uh, and just remember that differentiator is that yes we can give it people an interface to work at home and yes we can give the same interface at work but the the issue really is is can they do it anywhere anytime via their mobile phone that's that's the critical differentiator but the trust element to me is what is the role of leadership in uh, in these activities and and leadership should be just nurturing and helping and mentoring and and creating that environment for people to do their best work now the one of the things we're going to have to uh, evolve to be better at is is using this technology to to help people and to to nurture people and i think that's one of going to be the the transitional uh, pushbacks uh, that uh, it's a, not a natural thing because people like to be in the same room to to nurture others and um, I think that we'll grow into those things but I think there's going to be a that's going to be one of the hesitant hesitation areas so I think we've probably been speaking around half an hour give or take now haven't we so uh, it's probably worth a, a, a bit of a sort of a closing closing remark or closing statement so I mean it could I might have stolen your thunder and that might just have been it then uh, Philip but you know if you had one key takeaway one key thing that you would like everyone to think about do um, you or finish with maybe a bit of positivity uh, are you seeing the change coming happening already um, or is it all doom and gloom 
there, there is zero doom and gloom. Um, for me personally, uh, this is the most exciting thing I've ever personally been involved with. The, the opportunities are just simply immense. This, this technology gives us in the construction industry the single biggest opportunity leap forward in our generation. I'm talking a 30 to 40 year uh, leap. And what I would, my message would be is, please can people um, just invest some time into thinking about this or doing some research. It's, there's just stacks of stuff online about digital workplaces, digital environments. Um, it's it does it you know that we're still doing the same job everybody needs to do it but what it does it just lets people do it more efficiently and more productive it does not replace you we're not working for robots yet but uh, not that, that in 30 years time that might be the case but at the moment and that's the I, I, don't, I don't think we ever will i mean you know you look at some of the industries that have changed the most in terms of you know you look at um the automotive industry and how people have moved from the shop floor, been replaced by robots, but there's more people working in the automotive industry now more than ever. There's just hundreds of roles that didn't exist 50 years ago. I think work work will change for us all. Work will be much more enjoyable. The, uh, the mundane will be taken out. Um, there will be no waiting around. There's no back-to-back -back meetings anymore. Um, the, the things that we all enjoy is achieving great things during our working day. And I think what technology can do for us is augment that so all of the horrible boring stuff is taken away you know crunching spreadsheets just having the figures the analytics to, to be able to be informed that's all there and that's what's coming and it's incredibly exciting i mean we have a few employees who love a spreadsheet so they'll be gutted to hear you say that philip but i agree spreadsheets i agree spreadsheets are dead and uh you know that is a shocker but uh maybe for another time opportunity for more creativity and to see what other avenues you can take within your business that are more digitalized so a lot of companies are experiencing that where they hadn't had that opportunity to think that of that before so yeah exactly you automate the um like you, you're right you, you know sometimes the mundane but the repetitive tasks and allow you to focus on on the areas that can add value that can really sort of transform projects and transform um outcomes and that's the um the exciting thing about where the industry and society can can hopefully get to so thank you uh, for, for joining us today and i know we've spoken about the opportunity for um uh, some other potential uh, guest uh, visits from yourself because there's so many different um things to talk about so uh, thank you for this um initial introduction to uh, you my console and some of your thoughts on productivity and um hopefully see you on the other side great thanks yeah guys. i'd like to echo that thanks again philip i mean who the self-styled digital workplace pioneer that's how you started which i've learned something new there i think uh, from my perspective I always learn something new from philip uh, i knew about the research he had done a few years ago but of course it's always a timely reminder when you realize that uh, about uh, half of tier one uh, contracting's overhead is work winning and like you say, 80% of that money is wasted. Well, the actual stat is 73% of every contractor's spend is wasted. Um, yeah. And uh, 
you know, if they want that back, I think it's you can have easily have one percent back of your of your work winning spend very quickly. And that means a lot in this industry. So that food for thought for everybody. Uh, I'm sure we have. This is not the the uh, last time we'll hear from Philip. I'm sure. Uh, so I hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast. Stay safe in these unusual times. Keep working remotely. Uh, see what it looks and feels like to do everything via video, because I think that's the way we've gone that way. And why would we go back to the old way completely? Uh, I know I enjoy having a breakfast with people every now and then, but uh, there's some uh, real lessons to learn. And it's probably going to be the catalyst to move the things forward, as Philip's uh, indicated. So thanks again for listening or watching and see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thank you. Come to Invent for the highest R&D tax credit you can claim. We help construction businesses get back millions in tax credits every year. Contact us today for a free review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.